Hey, y'all. It's me, Jess Bubbico, and I am excited to be here with you on the Waking Up with Jess podcast. Each week, I'll invite you to wake up to your inner knowingness, get creative, and march to the beat of your own drum in your business and life. We'll dive into different subject areas from business to health to work, relationships, and beyond. On the podcast, we'll get raw, honest, and real, keeping it a little bit personal, a little bit educational, and most importantly, we're going to have a lot of fun. Each episode, you'll feel like you're sitting down at a coffee shop having an intimate conversation with a few of your best friends. Join me each week as I act as your confidant and friend who loves the heck out of you and wants to see you shine. Come along and wake up with a cup of Jess. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am excited to be here today with my friend, Kendall Cherry. She is a 6'3", self-projected projector, and we are going to have some fun today talking about her own code to success and what she's been experiencing over the last six months. So Kendall, thanks for being here. Hi, I'm so excited to have this conversation because I've, I've, I've talked a little bit about the journey. I have never talked about it in this framing and this lens. So I'm very excited because a lot of what we'll talk about today is so much about like getting into alignment and I'm really excited to have this conversation. So thanks for having me. Of course, we're going to be doing some combination of like, we're going to look at your gene keys sequences. We're going to talk about your story. We're going to just talk about all of it. And I've got your Gene Keys profile up in the background in human design, all the things. So ladies and gentlemen, get ready. We're going on an adventure today and we're going to see where it takes us. Wild y'all. It it really is. (laughs) So tell us first a little bit about yourself and the work that you do in the world. Okay. So I'll say current state, my, what I do for clients and in my business, Uh, I'm a copywriter. I'm a ghostwriter. And I'm also a fractional CMO and marketing strategist. So I have a few different things going on, different types of clients. So I work, get this, I now work for a digital marketing agency editing content that has been written by chat GPT. (laughs) I'm copy editing a a robot for a job. Wow. They Um, need that. They need that. So Mm -hmm. I, I do that. Um, I, in a previous life, before I was an entrepreneur, I worked in corporate America in instructional design and global training. So I also work for basically a course creation agency and I do slides and speaker notes and things like that for some of that content every once in a while. I also write website copy, email newsletters, things like that for clients. Um, but I kind of have a, a little bit of different types and styles of writing and storytelling going on all at once. And I'm also working on, in the background, my first personal memoir, uh, which has been kind of a crazy journey to getting there, but I'm working on that. And then hopefully this year we'll start the whole copy editing and manuscript prep process, which is very crazy. So I love this. Let me ask you this. I'm looking at your chart in the background. Are you going to ask me about, yeah, I already feel like I I know what you're going to ask me. I feel like I already, I already know the answer to this, but I just want to say this because one of the things 
that I find when it comes to the gene keys. We'll talk about the profile. I really want to get into your story and how you like kind of were moving in one direction. And then you were like, just kidding. And then you decided (laughs) you were going to go in a new direction. Also very appropriate because you're a, you're a sixth line. So for yeah. those who are listening in, six lines lives go through three distinct phases. Zero to 30 is your um, try everything out, mm-hmm. gain a lot of experience. 30 to 50 is like you start to go up on the roof. You start to settle down. You start to settle in. You start to create more roots for yourself in some kind of way, establish yourself. And then 50 plus is called coming down from the roof. People just look to you and they're like, man, you've done a lot of stuff. You've had a lot of experiences. (laughs) Share, share with me, tell me where we're going. So one of the things that we're going to, I want to talk about your prosperity sequence, but I also will talk about all of it. Yeah. Your prosperity sequence. The question I was going to ask is, do you mostly write sales copy? Are you doing a lot of like sales copy with your writing? Some. So that's actually, that's so funny. You mentioned this. This is like something I have been like actively trying to balance. So, and hold on before we get into that, I was going to say interesting things because you guys can't see my birth time or my birth year. So last February I hit my Saturn return. I turned 30 in July. So I went onto the roof in July and then I had this crazy transformation, like pretty much right after that, which is really interesting too. Anyway, back to what I'm doing kind of balancing wise is, so I do write sales copy, quote unquote, my style in general of copywriting is very, very different than most copywriters that I come across where because I'm, I mean, I'm formally trained to have a master's in PR, but I'm formally trained in ghostwriting and executive ghostwriting. I used to do this in corporate. So I'm not just writing sales copy. People come to me because they're like, I've, you know, I hired a copywriter. They're executing the copy and the sales stuff that I've asked them to write for me, but it doesn't sound like me. And that's the thing that most people come to me for is like, I, at this point, I almost need to like trademark this concept, but it's like the idea of like the best friend test where like you can send a piece of content that I've written as you send it to your best friend and they literally can't tell the difference. And there'll be times even with clients where I'm like, Hey, Jordan, do you remember that email that you sent out? It had this structure to it. And I was, and like her and I were, one of my clients were going back and forth. And I was like, I literally don't remember if you wrote it or I wrote it. And I'm the writer, like, because we, of just the, how close it sounds and I'm the person doing it. Um, so that's kind of the, the thing people bring me on to do. So I, my, my kind of general philosophy, and we're not here to talk about marketing, but a, a small caveat is like my approach to everything is like authenticity and ethical sales writing. And most of the time that comes in with the founder of the business talking about their story, especially for like B2B and service providers, that's the missing piece that like you, if you start to focus too much on conversion and sales copywriting, you just sound like everybody else. And your differentiating factor is the founder. And so that's kind of what people come to me more for is kind of this like ghost. I write sales copy because that's the market, but people stick around for the ghost writing. And then also the marketing strategy piece. I, I'm really gifted at like tuning into people's energy and just looking at their marketing infrastructure and looking at it and saying like, well, you're doing all these things, but the things that are making you money are this. So like, how can we just tweak? I don't, I rarely like completely scrap someone's marketing plan and start over. A lot of times it's just kind of like turning up the dial or turning down the dial. 
and helping them feel more and authentic and more, more authentic and more in alignment. So then when it comes to their marketing, but then also obviously the stuff I'm writing for them, but even how they're showing up, it's more in alignment and feels not only more authentic for the founder, but like people can feel it. It's like the magnetism comes through for them as well. So that's kind of my sweet spot, but I, I'm actively calling in right now. My, I had a, my first proposal, I guess, technically second proposal to write a memoir earlier this year, a business memoir ended up not going through, but I'm like, Oh, I just want one of those. Like at all, if I could be writing someone else's book at all times, like that is my dream. Plus my books, plus, you know, some of this other kind of things I kind of have my hands in, but that's kind of what I want to get into is more of the like writing, helping someone tell their own story in their voice plus yeah. my stuff. Okay. I want to talk about four <laughs> things all at once, but I'm going to okay, not do that. Cause I'm like, I want you to let's go, let's go here first. Okay. We're going to go so, first. Self-projected is a fun person to have on a podcast. <laughs> we have so many things to say. Um, well, I want to, I want to talk about your story and where you were and kind of like where you're going. And then I want to mm-hmm. talk about your actual prosperity sequence, which was why I asked you about the sales piece. Yeah. Um, because it's really neat when we can start to see how you can actually weave these aspects of yourself into what you're doing. And it's cool because I was just thinking to myself, Amanda, uh, my friend, Amanda, and I have our messaging by design course, which is like discovering your message through your gene mm. keys and your human design. Oh, wow. And I'm like, we need to then send people over to you oh, where yeah. they can bring you their design and you can help them write their copies. So totally, we'll totally put a pin in that. We'll talk, we'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk, take me through, um, yeah, your journey over like where you were and like where you're, what, what happened, this transformation over the last, especially six months with yeah. um, going from what you were doing to what you're doing now. Yeah. So, and I've been an entrepreneur now for about three and a half years. I tried every concept under the sun, like classic six, three software implementation, coaching, consulting, copywriting, copywriting agency. Like I've kind of tried all of the different ways to make money and I've, I've tested it on my clients and I've done a lot of experimentation, clearly at 6'3". Um, so the I'll say like one big transformation was going from coaching to consulting or coaching and consulting over to copywriting, which was in May of 2021. And basically what had happened was, and this is kind of a, a very small pin kind of story, but the, the very first month that I closed down my coaching and consulting business and started doing copywriting. I had a 10 K month. That was like, not a thing. It was, it was like someone had pulled the plug out of my business the months before that was like, I've got to do something. Like I quit my corporate job. Like we're running out of options here. And the very first month, because people had been following my content, the, it was like the moment people realized like, Oh, Kindle can just write it for me. It was like light bulb alignment, all this stuff kind of started coming through. So I had experimented in 2021 with like a small scale agency, but I didn't have like an OBM or a COO or an operational person helping me. And one thing about me is I'm very much a visionary entrepreneur and I can do the ops side of things just well enough to like make it work. But the moment I let it go, it is like 
it's a like shit show. So I can, I can set up the processes and like make them make sense. But then as soon as I bring on other people, like I have to have someone helping me. So I had kind of like scaled up a little bit to agency life. Then by the end of the year, I'd kind of scaled back down and it was just me. And then flash forward to spring of 2022. So this is last year. I was approached by a friend that I'd met who had been diagnosed with leukemia for the second time. And he beat it the first time, but it was really clear that the second time, basically he wasn't responding to treatment anymore. So we had started this conversation and he was 30. Like he, we were the same age. Um, it was very, very, very strange. He was a six, two, very strange to like have conversations about like the meaning of life when some, with someone your same age, who's like actively deteriorating. It was very, very intense time, but he had approached me with this idea of like, what if you could write my memoir? And it was the first time I'd ever even really thought of like, are you crying? It makes me teary. Yeah. I'm like, it was, it was, it was like, it was, well, and the thing that was really shitty about it is we had actually met on a dating app and, you know, his friends had made a profile for him and all these things. So I, of course, have to go for the story. I have to meet him for the story mm-hmm. as one does. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that was crazy was being like, we were both single and had been friends for about a year until he got, he like sent this big, long text with everybody. And so I'm sitting up here. He was kind of the person that he would call me. Cause he's over here. Like, I want to be in love. Like I want to meet my person. Like, like, this is so unfair. Like I'm a nice man, like I, I give so much to other people, like, why is this happening to me? And I'm just sitting here holding space for someone and being like, I don't know. Like, I have no answers for you. I have no, no, I I don't know what to, like, I'm sorry. I I don't know why. And it's very unfair. Um, but so he approaches me to write his memoir and it's kind of this, like the first time I've ever thought about it. There's also this, like, unlike other memoir projects, there's like a clear end date. Like we know that it's going to get bad near the end. We know that realistically his mind's going to go. So content collection wise, like we have a very aggressive, probably like six month timeline. So I build out this proposal. I send it over to him. Um, and then it, it falls through. It's just, it's too, it's too much. It's not the right project at the right time. But so as he and I had started this conversation, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to be writing books for people. So I aggressively scaled, like I, I hired someone to build a sauna. I hired an OBM like within the week before anything was signed, which learned my lesson. But I had this thought of like, well, if I could just get all of the like client work off of my plate, I can, I have space to write stuff like this, which is what I really want to be doing. So that doesn't end up happening. But so I've got, you know, a couple of writers who are helping me out the business starts, you know, growing. I end up having someone approach me to like create their logo and their whole brand messaging and like the graphic design part of it. So I like scaled up to a marketing agency and in the, I guess in like August, right before I left for Europe for about seven weeks. And this whole time it like feels like I'm in alignment because I'm, I'm meeting all these writers and I'm like manifesting like, Oh, I really need two more writers. And they're like showing up in my DMS, like very weird stuff. So it feels like I'm in alignment, but eventually there was like a couple of like, I'll say like red flags where we'd had some really big clients with about six K 
and recurring revenue, which is great, but they would pay me 15 days late. Mm -hmm. So I've got to pay my team on the first, but the bulk of our recurring revenue isn't hitting until the 15th. And so I'm, I'm having to like every single month while I'm traveling, which that would, I will never travel like that again. Like some days it was so tight. It was, I get it was it. terrifying. It was so terrifying, mm-hmm. but I just had this thought where I was like, I am always choosing taking care of my clients or taking care of my team and making sure that they're paid first. And I'm not taking care of myself. And I guess I, I thought that eventually it was going to even out. Like I was just going to have this like big hash infusion and things were going to work out. And this is like just part of the experience. And so then when I got home from traveling, this is about mid-October, I started doing a lot of inner work around consistency. Like I did an invent fear inventory for like 21 days where you list out 20 things every single day you're afraid of about consistency. And so once I started doing that inner work and like getting curious about it, I just had this I remember the kind of like the start, the first domino was I'd met with my COO and I was like, okay, like we got another client. I have no cash buffer because I used it last month and we're, we're waiting again. We finished something on the 28th and the client still hasn't paid because they are quote unquote still editing it, but they haven't reviewed anything. And so I just was sitting with my COO at the time and I was like, what do I do? And she was kind of the first person, like we had a very real conversation. She was like, you could, you could lay me off. You could let me go today. And we can just like, we can talk about bringing me back on in January. And so it was kind of the first domino where I'd had, I, I felt like I like money-wise I had a way out, but, and I could kind of reassess and see what I wanted to do next, but I didn't think in November, like I didn't think I was going to be closing an agency. I can tell you that. I didn't think I was going to be laying anybody off. And I just over time, like, I think it took me a couple of weeks and I had a, like, I, I went back and looked at the calendar of like, what the fuck? Like it was pretty much like every two days. And I had like personal business, like literally every two to three days, like a, a major something happened. A major negative something happened. So eventually I send the the email to my team, you know, effective December 1st, like the agency is gone. And I also, in making that decision, took on a lot of debt. Like I had people, I had to sit and be like, look, I can't pay you right now because these clients aren't paying me on time. Like I know I'm having like, not only am I having to pay myself with no cash buffer, I also have to pay these people that I owe money to. And so in December, uh, I basically had like, I don't normally suffer from like depression that often. And if I do, it's like maybe once a year I didn't, and I know kind of what it's tied to in December. So about, you know, as soon as I close everything down, I have the like lowest depressive episode I've ever had in my life where I'm like, like borderline and not ideating, but I like definitely have thoughts of like, well, like, is this even worth it? Like, why am I here? Like, what is my purpose? And I, and it was really scary because I'd never had thoughts like that, that felt as intense or real as like what was going on. And I couldn't really explain it. And so like, I drank, I was like turning to alcohol a lot and was like, like drinking to the point of like being drunk, like 14 days out of 20, which is not my thing. 
eating terribly, not moving my body, like all this stuff that I usually rely on for my wellness. And I kind of just decided, like my therapist had to tell me at the beginning of January, she was like, I think you need a psyche valve. It's like, and I, I, and this is maybe unpopular opinion. Like I, I understand mental health a lot. My sister suffers from by or lives with deals with bipolar two depression, ADHD. I know what it looks like. And I know what it looks like when you need medication. And I've just really felt like I was in this like severe situational depression and I knew the cause of it. And I knew that for me, I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm open to a psyche valve, but also my health insurance sucks. So I'm like not wanting to get popped for $400 or whatever this is going to be. And so I just like had this thought where I was like, I'm open to it, but I'm going to, at the very least, no drinking, working out every day. I started playing pickleball for like four hours a day in January and eating better. And I was like, if I don't feel better in a month, then I'll go. But of course, you know, give the, give the little wildflower, a little vitamin D and some water. (laughs) It's amazing what it does for your mental health. And so in January, I kind of just was like, you know what? I'm going to just do what I can, but it, it still, it wasn't working. It was like anything I was earning. It was like, some of it was paying myself, but a lot of it was going to my team. So it was, it took a long time for things to catch up until February when I basically had this, like, I didn't realize it, but I needed to die this big ego death where I thought as a business owner, especially somebody that is in marketing, which is different. Cause it's kind of like, well, shouldn't you be able to bring in all these clients. I'm like, yeah, but like so much other stuff has to come into it. And I just had this ego death where I was like, why do I, why do I feel like I have to earn every single lead that hits my business? And it has to hit the contact form from my website. Like I'm very talented. I could easily go get a corporate job if I wanted to. I was slated to be a VP in corporate at the time, like all these things. Like, why do I feel like I have to earn or like make this so hard. And so I, I basically in February, I was like, fine. I had no leads. I was like, I was like, girl, you need to wait some tables or something. Like you, you gotta, it's not going to always be like this, but just for the meantime, where it's like, fine, created a profile on Upwork, updated my LinkedIn. My, I knew my, I had changed a lot of my messaging. And so I could, I knew it was working. It's just sometimes you just don't know when people are going to convert. I knew it was a matter of time. I just didn't know when. And so I, I like met with a corporate recruiter. Like I was, I was like universe if you, and I'd also had the idea of like, okay, it's time to write my, my personal memoir. And I remember like, I, I used the term bargaining. My coach told me to reframe as co-creating with the universe, but it was definitely a little bargaining, but I was like, look universe, you want me to write this fucking book so bad, figure out the numbers figure out the numbers. Cause I'm tired. I don't have the space to do this. And if this is what you're really calling me to do, and I feel like it is, I'm going to go take all the action. And I did this specific meditation and it was like all about aligned action. I was like, I'm going to do this. You're going to give me a list of what I need to go do. I'm going to go do it. And you can just figure out the fucking else. Like I, I am so over this. And then <laughs> why didn't you know it? And I, I kind of had to get out of my comfort zone. I'd like gone to some in-person networking events. Of course, I do the meditation on a Tuesday. I meet with my shaman and we clear a bunch of energy on a Thursday. Thursday to the next Thursday, I had 20 leads hit my inquiry. 
form yeah. and on my email where I was like, what the fuck? And so then just, and I had also let go of a really, my red flag client that was paid me a lot, but always late. Um, plus just the energy drain of working with them. I had cut them at the end of January where I was like, I, and I cut them seven days before the first terminated. I was like, don't pay me on the first. I had no idea where my rent money was coming from. I had no idea how any of this was going to work, but I was like, this is not worth it. And ended up signing. If you're listening, I'm a huge cat person ended up signing a client speaking of cats, there's literally cat, like not quite in frame currently, um, ended up signing the day I fired that client and was just like, this was a big swing, but I have to believe that on the other side of this is something better. Literally within the hour that I fired that client, I signed for the exact amount of money that they were going to send me, um, on the first signed a client for kitty cardboard, which is cat products made of cardboard. (laughs) I love that. So I was like, okay, when, when you let go of the energy that feels dead in all things, like whether it was the agency or clients or anything else, like I, a lot of people look at some of the decisions I make, like I have, especially a lot of like male influences in my life, love to mansplain, like, this is how business works, blah, blah, blah. Like you need to have a cash buffer. I'm like, well, I agree with you. I could keep on those those clients, but I also know that on like energetics wise, when you let go of that stuff, it opens up so much more space. And every time I do it, I think I'm going to get, you know, a little bit of, you know, I'll say new, fresh energy and it ends up being like tenfold. So I, I know that as scary as it is, I scared myself at this point, major, big fucking swings. But also I know that when I do that and I get more into alignment, things when I let go, that's the other thing, which is really hard to do. But when I let go, things flow to me in a way that I could never imagine. Like the person I'm doing chat GPT editing for, I literally went to college with. I had not talked to this person in probably six years and they randomly texted me and were like, hey, I'm going to be in town. I work at an agency now. Can we just like catch up? I I could have never planned for that ever. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's just such this orchestration. That's so not me, but being more open and receptive to what it could be. And, and I read this book outrageously open, which is like, kind of changed my whole perspective on everything, but that, um, that whole idea of just like openness, being open to where clients could come from. I mean, you guys heard at the beginning, like being open to, I have lots of different ways that I'm using my skill set still getting paid for it. But I mean, I, I always thought it has to be website copy for an online business owner. who's probably a service provider. And then I was like, it's the same translation, like the skills still translate. So I can, I can use my skills and my expertise in a lot of different ways. I'm just open to what that looks like. And it's, it does feel better. Some days you're like, what is going to (laughs) happen? Like, how does this work? But for the most part, it feels pretty good. 95% of the time. I love it. I have so many thoughts on all the things. So good, let's good, good. let's go into all let's of it. Dive. So I wanna I wanna weave back to what you talked about in terms of um because I this is like a big point that I try to drive home for a lot of people. What I heard you say in your story, you can tell me if it's different for you. You talked about how you 
pulled the plug on coaching. And -hmm. when you pulled the plug on coaching, you start, everything started to come in, in a new way. Yep. There's two things here for me about this. The first thing is that I think a lot of people, because of marketing and what we see online, we think I have to go into coaching. And I think it's a good segue for a lot of people who are coming out of corporate who like want something and they don't know what to do. And there's an abundance of like people who can teach you how to make money online using your skills in a specific way. But I don't think everyone's here to be a coach. I think most people are not here to be a coach. I think we're, I think coaching kind of became a catch all for, um, sharing your gifts in your own unique way. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of people who are amazing coaches and who are like, they're here to do that, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's a, we've, we've made coaching a catch all when really, again, I think it's for very specific people looking to do very specific things. You said the thing about there, there's a couple of things you talked about, um, like bopping from thing to thing and fear of commitment. And it's actually Mm -hmm. really interesting because that is, so your profile is a six, three profile. The, the, the third line can have in its shadow, a tendency to run from things and a Mm. fear of commitment. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe perhaps. And it's, it's (laughs) not, it's not everything, but it's that like desire to like clip it run away and like burn it all to the ground, which I think sometimes is necessary. Totally. Um, because again, I think the, the thing about the third line, and I think it's evident from your story is the idea that third lines thrive on change, Mm -hmm. but the change, if you listen to your story, somebody could go, or you could think in your mind, like, oh my gosh, people are going to judge me. I'm like running from this or I'm running from that or whatever. But Mm -hmm. the thing about the third line is that they tend to go through these like evolutionary phases where it's not that you're burning it down and like becoming a barber, which would be fine. You're, (laughs) you're, you're, you're going through an evol, everything runs in a cycle. You're going through a cycle, which is rebirth into something new, expanding it, Mm -hmm. reaching the peak of whatever that growth cycle was supposed to be. You were supposed Mm -hmm. to run an agency, but maybe it was never supposed to turn into the top agency. Maybe it's growth cycle was it's supposed to go to a certain point you Mm -hmm. learn and then it dies. And then you take what you learned from that cycle and you carry it into the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Go, were you going to say something? I was going to say, yeah, that's, that resonates a lot. Cause I think for me, like it, especially like it is really challenging in the environment that I grew up. Like my, my family still love them to death. They still ask me, when are you going to get a real job? Like my mom in February, when she like knows all of this is happening, she's like, I I could, I could never do it. And I'm like, well, you're projecting. (laughs) Um, but I could never do it. Like, why don't you just get a real job? Like, don't you want a standard paycheck? And I'm like, that's such a small way to think of things. Like, yes, it would be nice to have the same amount of money every two weeks, but I also know the way this works. Some months it sucks and it's hard. Mm -hmm. And especially when you like close down on previous concept, like that part is hard, but also there is also abundant income. Once you figure out and tweak that, like tweak to get to the minimum. Like there's a abundance out there beyond that. But I think for me, like when it comes to the whole, like 
change cycle. That was something I had to like really learn to accept is like, I have a lot of conditioning that suggests like, it's not safe to do that. Um, you're a failure or you like not so much the, like the non-committal kind of thing, but the, the idea that you can like reinvent yourself a dozen times over. Like I, and it, and it is also, it shows up a lot in like friendships, even with dating, like I sometimes feel like I will go through a growth cycle in like a 24 hour period. Mm-hmm. I'll plateau for three days. And then I'm like, Oh, different person than I was last week. And it's really hard to connect with people that are not on that same trajectory, or at least open to that kind of growth. And it it yeah. feels very alienating sometimes. Cause I'll be like, well, I am different. And I did experiment in this way. And it like, I really value people that like make it feels safe for me to experiment because it it can come out the shadow side of it is the like you know can't commit or like well you've you know you've always got something some of my friends we do a Sunday conference call um and every time they're like yeah you know I'm kind of boring I'm like well in the last week since our last call all of this happened they're like why why is it so dramatic like why is there so much up and down I'm like I don't know this is just my life like this is just how it is and Um, I think I've had to kind of embrace that it's safe and okay to be that way, but also like, I just went through this, like last week I had a huge cash day. What did I do immediately? Great cash secured time to become a consultancy. And I like built out a business plan and I did the whole thing and I sent it to my coach and she was like, why can't you just be grateful and just be like happy and sit in the success? Like, why, why do you feel like you have to burn it down? And I was like, Ooh, I hate this question. Yeah. But so I'm like kind of actively exploring that part where I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like why? And and it's something about, I think as a projector and also like the environment that I grew up in of like, I'm only like, I'm never enough just as I am. Like I'm constantly given feedback. That's like, okay, well, that's great. You did this, but I actually like the the target always moves and the target Mm -hmm. is always more. And you can't just be satisfied or grateful in the present because, you know, a parent or another authoritative figure will say, well, it's great that you did that, but we, you know, it's great that you got a 94 on your report card, but we actually wanted a 98 or like, or all these kind of unspoken rules are like, you helped out around the house. Thank you. But also why didn't you do this too? And it shows up in a lot of different ways. And it's something like I, unfortunately, (laughs) even over as, as early as like last weekend was like, Oh shit, I do that. I do that conditioning and ego and the whole bit work. So I'm kind of working on that actively now. Cause it, it's kind of causing me to assess and be like, well, like I, I have all these goals and there's a lot of pressure on like what I want to create in the world where I'm like more, faster, more, faster, more, faster. Where I'm like, it would be okay to chill out for a section yeah. of your life. Like your nervous system does like that. It's fine. I think the thing as you're talking, there's a few things that come to mind. And again, I feel like these are important, like talking points for people who are listening, who have, who are a sixth line or a third line, or who have someone in their lives who are a third line or a sixth line. And I think the thing is a few things like the difference in the profile lines and the needs of the different profile lines is really very big and very important. And I think when we stop trying to change and control other people is 
the moment we start to experience freedom within ourselves, Mm -hmm. because like a few things, number one, the sixth line can be a bit of a perfectionist. It -hmm. wants a perfect world. It's always like it, it puts pressure on itself. It wants to be perfect. I have this on my unconscious side. So there was always that like striving and going for more and hitting bigger and all of that kind of stuff, but the actual true Um, and it's in your evolution. So in your activation sequence, there's something called your evolution and your evolution is all about what is the thing that challenges you. And the sixth line is surrender. It's It's like letting go. Yeah. It's terrible. (laughs) The lesson that you're here to learn is to surrender Mm -hmm. and allow life to take on a deeper rhythm than you expect. And the third line needs to experience change. And it's meant to bring that idea of like the lightness of life. My best friend, Alex is a one, three. She's the right angle cross of the sleeping Phoenix, which is like all about like burning to the ground and rebirthing. And the thing that's interesting about her (laughs) is like, she is constantly evolving and changing. She's constantly in, Mm. but it's, it's never chaotic. The thing that I think a lot of people, the Here's the thing. It's like what, like change is built into your personality type. So Mm -hmm. as much as you're probably thinking to yourself, like I'm changing all of the time you are, but it's not like you're like going from being Kendall cherry to a completely different personality to another personality. You're just evolving and learning. And one of the things that keeps a third line healthy is interaction. It's going out. It's having experiences. It's having experiences that grow you and change you. And when you were talking about, um, what you were experiencing, I actually talked about this with somebody else on the podcast last week. You talked about, um, when you had that experience where you went into a depression, Mm -hmm. I'm never going to say that, um, I have the answers to depression because I don't, I'm not a doctor, but what I can say is there's an aspect of your gene keys that it's called your core stability Mm -hmm. and your core stability is what keeps you grounded inside of yourself. And as a third line, one of the things you need is interaction. And one of the things you mentioned was I started playing pickleball for four hours a day, Mm -hmm. right? getting yourself out there, connecting with people. When you feel yourself going into a downward spiral for some people, for me, it's having a nurturing space that I can come home to and slow down. I need to nurture my relationships. I need Mm -hmm. to nurture myself. I need to take care of my health. But for you, what actually is going to keep you healthy and vibrant and radiant is positive interactions and going out The third line needs movement in their body. They need Mm -hmm. to go and physically move their body. Yeah. And then you also, t- I'll just say it, this one last yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. talked about, you said something very specific, which connects into what's called your, your purpose. And it's also part of that core stability. What keeps you grounded in yourself? Yours is it's the shadow of, um, uh, purposelessness. Mm. Life has no purpose. What is yeah. this about? And you literally said, does any of this have a purpose? Do I have a purpose? And so yeah. the, the movement, the interaction, the going out into the world, the allowing of the change, and then also coming into that place of, um, seeing the totality 
that life isn't meant to stay the same. It's always going to have ups and downs. It's always going to have um, the light and the dark and the dark leads to the light and the, the low points lead to the high points versus the idea that it's just all meant to be this like happy-go-lucky thing all of the time. That's how you get to stay grounded in yourself and your own experience um, and continue to move forward. It's like, and that's why I loved when you mentioned that. It's like, what keeps you and your core stability mm-hmm. are those those very things that you said, I was feeling low, I was feeling down. And this sort of like revived me and brought me back into myself, which yeah. then allows along, it's called the activation sequence. It's the pathway of breakthrough. It then allows you to go back out and do your work. And a lot of your work is your son is literally, your son is your life's work. What are you here to do? It is storytelling. It's the Mm -hmm. 56. The 56 is the energy of um, the entertainer, the comedian, the person that has a a story to share and also teaching through storytelling, right? So going out and having those things allowed you to, I mean, I'm making assumptions, but it feels like it allowed you to have that breakthrough to go like, what do I want to do in my work now? If I was in that space before of feeling stuck and not in my body, well, what do I need to go back inward, Mm -hmm. get grounded in myself, and then be able to have those breakthroughs and how I want to share my work with the world. Yeah. So cool. Okay. I have two things where you can be like, what the heck? (laughs) Um, So the thing, the like purposelessness thing, I have like always felt since I was a kid, like I'm usually the first of my friends and this might be a, probably a third line thing, but I'm usually the first of my friends. I feel like any kind of like experience or like in anything, I'm usually the pioneer. I'm usually the first one to go through it to where it there. I'm always can, I, and I'll like re, meet random people that have like, were in the exact shoes I was a year ago. And I'm like, Oh, I already went through that here. Here's let me hold space for you. And I can show you how to, how to fix that. And so going through, like I've, I've, I felt for a long time and like my intuition will be really loud where I'm like, okay, like this is all happening for a reason. You're going to share it one day. Like I always feel that way. But then in December I had this like moment where I was like, what the fuck? Like, is this just like, I feel like shit. Is this it? But even, even like kind of the only thing kind of holding me through that was like this idea and like my intuition being like, it's, you're going to help a lot of people. You're going to help a lot of people. And that was my experience. I was very public about like, Hey guys, I'm closing, closing the agency. Here's why, here's how I'm feeling. And I've kind of kept people updated about that. And I think that's why a lot of people in, in general, I, I'm, I'm just like that. I shared like things that people wouldn't necessarily think it's okay to share about like you close an agency, your business failed, what? And it's been such a great experience getting to, it's scary as fuck, but being that vulnerable with people and, and very permission giving for people. So even in that depression, I I knew intuitively like, okay, this is happening for a reason. It's going to, I don't know what it is, but it's going to be like some part of the story. And I kind of that's kind of what helped me stick to it. The other thing that's really curious is not curious. It's all divinely inspired, but in November, when I had, it was kind of like all, all of the puzzle pieces to create my depression in December all happened in November within a few days. And I really didn't, it was kind of this, like, you have to fake it till you make it. It was like on a Tuesday, I, 
let go of my COO. And the very next day I had to have a brand photo shoot and act like everything is fine. All of the photos you see on my Instagram, I literally cried that morning. I was like, what the fuck is going on with my life? Like my photographer is a friend who is very talented because I got to the studio and I was crying. Like, yeah, I just, this idea of like, you have to fake it till you make it. And like, also you're Kendall Cherry and like, you can do anything. Like I, I have some friends that tell me that, which is, is helpful, but it's also like, yo, I'm, I'm usually the friend. And it's that thing where people say like, check on your friends that always seem okay. Like that's been my experience in my family. Both of my siblings have mental health things. And I was, I was the oldest and I was the one who was quote unquote fine. Like I'm not fine. I'm just not on the outside showing all of these like symptoms and stuff. But on the inside, I've got like, I'm hypersensitive. I'm an empath. I've got a ton of feelings. I'm a projector, like all of these things and a family full of non-projectors. And so in November, all this stuff is happening. I'm kind of having to fake it till I make it. I'm not, I I did. And I realized this in hindsight, I, I, I needed to be more direct, but like on Thanksgiving, my nephew is born. It's a very messy family situation. Um, my nephew is born. And the next day I'm texting some of my closest girlfriends. And I was like, I've decided to close the agency. And I kind of like gloss over it a little bit. And they're like, oh, that must be really hard. I'm like, yeah, no, it's like, it's fine. It's like all for a reason. It's a good thing. Me thinking, oh, this is me asking for help. Like, can you guys check on me? Not realizing. And this is something I had to learn from that. You need to be very direct. I need you to check on me. Mm -hmm. I need you to call me X, Y, Z. So in the first three weeks of December, I'm just like out here still having to hustle, still having to show up in my business, still having to hopefully make sales and those kinds of things. But I'm, I'm, I'm still having to show up all the same, but on the inside, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Cause I can't just like get absorbed into a couch. Cause like I have to create income. And so then the third week of December was like a couple of days after Christmas I had a friend text me out of the blue. We've kind of like fallen out. And she was like, I feel like we're so distant. And I was like, well, you started dating somebody and I really needed somebody and you just completely disappeared. And I, you know, I took complete responsibility for, you know, not being open about like, I really need support, but it kind of like shed the light on like, I needed support. And so I called two of my best guy friends one of them has been friends with me for about two and a half years during many of my transitions. He is a very great kind of like coaching type of friend. So he'll, when my first business failed, he would call me every day where I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, dude. Like, this is insane. I don't want to do this. And he's like, well, what's one good thing that happened today? Mm-hmm. And so I I called Eric and I was like, Hey, like, I just have to be honest. Like, I really haven't been okay. Can you, can you call me? more often. And he, he was kind of the one friend who called me. I wasn't really super honest about like what all was going on. We also with my nephew have had kind of a very, uh, we'll call it a dumpster fire. It's very Mm -hmm. messy. And I'm picking up all of the like stress of that from my family too. And I just called him and I was like, here's what's going on. I'm having these thoughts. I just need to tell someone I called my other friend Harris right after that, who's a projector. He was super helpful and like literally had those conversations, shed the light. They're calling me like every other day. Now I'm starting to play pickleball. And it was like, as soon as I had and brought in people around me 
and the interactions for it and for it to be okay for me to not be okay. That was like a really hard thing. And I, I don't know if that's human design or like deep conditioning from my, my family too, of just like, oh, well, you're, you're Kendall. You're, you're like a cat. You always land on your feet. I'm like, that's so not helpful advice when I'm yeah. in the thick of it. Like, thank you, but no, thank you. Or like, I don't, it almost feels like because I always figure it out, I don't get space for in the like shitty times where I like have to experience alone where I'm like, I, it really made me kind of realize like how important it is to have like community. That's maybe not my family that I can just say like, Hey guys, I'm not okay. And realizing like, I'm going to need that for all of my evolutions. That was like a huge epiphany and being okay with like not being okay. And also telling people about it, which was a very hard lesson to learn, but I was like, Oh, this is so easy. I could just like text you. I'm not good. And then we now have a weekly conference call between Eric and Harris every Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. It's so, it's so easy. Yeah. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts. I just want to share a couple of them because um, I'm just thinking to myself too, there's probably people listening, going like, what's her incarnation cross and her numbers. Mm. You have the left angle cross of distraction. So your life's work is in the 56.6. Your evolution is in the 60.6 radiance, 27.3 purpose, 28.3. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go to jimkeys.com slash free free dash profile to grab yours and you'll see what I'm talking about. But what I, what I want to share here is that what, what you described, and this is why I think the activation sequence, it's the very first sequence of the gene keys is so incredibly important because this sequence is what keeps us grounded and connected to ourselves as entrepreneurs. And as an entrepreneur, there are ups and downs. It's not easy at times. And sometimes it's easy and there's flow, but I think so often it's been glorified. Like Mm. being an entrepreneur has been glorified and don't get me wrong. There's awesome things. Like I can go down and walk on the beach and I don't have to ask anybody if I can go right. Like there's beautiful aspects of it, but this sequence in particular really grounds us into ourselves to understand if I'm going to be the best freaking Kendall Cherry or Jess Bubbico that I can possibly be, I need to take care of myself. And when Mm -hmm. you talk about, and, and the taking care of self is what leads to the breakthrough Mm -hmm. and the ability to be able to expand out in your work. So when I look at what you're talking about, you know, you've got the, the, that interaction piece for you is going to be so important. Sixth, the sixth line, which is the outer expression of you. People tend to think that six lines just like either really don't have their shit together if they're bumping all over the place the first 30 years of their life, which I did as well. But people tend to think that six lines are just like they have their shit together. Oh yeah. They're good. Um, they're, you know, their life's perfect. There's there's a lot of projection in the sixth line as well. But that third line, like you need to have your community of people around you. And as a self-projected projector, you need to be able to talk through things. Mm -hmm. So knowing that as an entrepreneur, that things are high right now and amazing. And ultimately you're going to go through a low because we, in order to have the high highs, 
we have to have lows as well. And I think we can, mm-hmm. we can sort of mitigate the low of the lowness at times. It doesn't always have to be so deep. Um, and sometimes it does, like sometimes we do have to hit rock bottom, but to know that like you need movement and you need interaction and you need people around you who you can be real with, who are okay with the fact that you're changing all the time and who mm-hmm. can create that groundedness for you. And also those people who go, don't run away. Like this mm-hmm. isn't a time to run away or this isn't a time, right? Like those people who truly know you circling back to what you said in the beginning about like your BFF, like being able to write as mm-hmm. if you were someone else. Um, those people who get you to the point where they're not going to make you wrong for what you need. Mm-hmm. And when I look as an example, you know, I'm a fourth line in human design. I love stability, even though I will run away from stability when I have the chance. Like I'll be like, I'm just going to sell my stuff and I'll move, which is fun. I actually (laughs) love having a home. I love having my friends around. Like I love consistency. So that way, if I want to go spread my wings and be a little fairy, I can, but ultimately I always have something to come back to. So Mm -hmm. looking at someone like your mom, as an example, she might have a fourth line or she might have a first line, first lines and fourth lines love stability. This is, this is actually a really interesting thing to, to talk about. My mom is a six, two manifester. Mm-hmm. So the thing for me, a lot of my becoming, especially over the last few years, and especially choosing a very alternative life path, my mom tends to, and she's not going to hear this, so it's fine, but my mom tends to insert herself a lot into my process. So there's no, no space for me to self-project at all. And if I do self-project, it's well, this is, this is what you need to do. I've already solved it for you. This is what you need to do where now that I understand human design, I get it, but there, especially over the last like few months and around a lot of the stuff with my nephew, my mom will be like, I just don't understand why this is happening. And she's a a constant worrier where I'll be like, well, this is why this is happening because this person's behaviors because of this, she'll be like, Whoa, how did you see that? I'm like, because you let me talk. Yeah. projector instead of it's, it's almost this conflict of like the six lines are both wise. I, I have to be invited in to share it or my mom yeah. will over-initiate into what I'm saying. And it's, I've now Is had to learn splenic? the gut one. She's the gut and sacral. I think if she's a manifester, she won't have a sacral. I don't know what she is. Is she, I don't know. I don't know which one she is. The reason I say this is because, again, I think this is the beauty of being able to see the different types because Mm -hmm. the manifester, I do this a lot too. I'm like, well, just do this. That's the answer. Go. Mm -hmm. And it's not always, the person isn't always in the right place to do that thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's the beauty of like, like you're saying, and your mom, you know, second lines, they, they're what keeps them healthy and radiant is the quote unquote marriage. And marriage Mm -hmm. is not about necessarily like a marriage partner. It's being married to something, having a relationship with something, relationship with work, right? The twos are here to do what they're passionate about, but they're also here to be relationship oriented. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes twos can point outward in the shadow and like blame and shame and denial and all that kind of stuff. So this is where I feel like it's so important to know self because again, that idea of especially activation sequence, our core stability is where we're grounded and we're rooted. Mm -hmm. And 
if you can say I'm unshakable, I know that I'm here to have lots of interactions. I'm here to have change. I know Mm -hmm. I'm going to go through cycles and seasons and I can set my life up to have a soft place to land versus, um, questioning myself because maybe my mom sees the world this way. It's really empowering. And then to also be able to be like, I'm not going to share anything (laughs) with this person around. Like I'm a manifester and I started to realize my family, I um, visited my family, all generators and man gents. And for (laughs) I'm born the same day as my mom and grandma. And I went, I always spend some aspect of my birthday with my mom. And I started to realize that when I initiate, they all respond. Like they just immediately like little worker bees, I'll be like, I need this. And all of a sudden they just start doing, um, (laughs) or they'd be like, I don't know where we should go to dinner. And I, I'd always felt selfish because I'd be like, I really want Chinese food or I want this. And I started to realize like, I have to initiate these people. If I don't initiate, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Um, because they all have trouble getting it started. But what I've also learned is like this new apartment I moved into, um, there was like a rug full of dog hair. And I was like, I can't have this in this apartment. And so I said something to my family just as like a, I wasn't asking for anybody to fix it, but they all started responding. Like you should do this and you should do this. And I'm thinking, you know, better. If you don't yeah. want a response, don't ask, you know, or like, don't, don't yeah. say anything because that is an initiation. So I think mm-hmm. again, these, these awarenesses that we can have, where we can be like, okay, I get it. Like, totally. Yeah. And it can yeah. just make a world of difference. Yeah. The, I love what you said around like being like in your authentic self or like being in your power. And I think that has been the biggest thing for me my, I don't, you know, my mom's not aware of any of the transitions or changes I've uh, taken to approaching our relationship. But I, I think I realized like my mom will initiate or she'll insert herself into things. I had this epiphany where I was like, oh, and it was like another time when we were in the car waiting to pick up dinner and we start talking about dating and we start talking about business. And she's like, when are you going to get a real job? When, you know, you're going to date a guy. She said, she was like, you're going to date a guy who's ugly probably, but he's going to be really nice. And I was like, great. Thanks for the, (laughs) thanks for the uh, love advice, mom. But she, she kind of has all of these things. And I realized this stuff and feedback she's inserting or initiate initiating was unhelpful because it's just a projection of her insecurities. And the reason it doesn't resonate is because it's, it's not actually me and my authenticity and the projection or being the projector part of like, not being seen and recognized. Like I've had to be my, I I go back and forth in therapy a lot of like, does, do my parents like truly see me or do they see like this, like mirrored version of themselves or like the things that they think they, that like, are the things that they think are wrong with me or that they disagree with actually just a projection of their own values. And it's been kind of having that lens of things has really helped me be like, almost have like a wall up, like, okay, incoming feedback from mom. Great. Pause. Do I agree? Is this true or is this projection? And then if it's not true, just letting it like hit the floor and it's fine. And that I think 
having that kind of process and slowing down the process versus previously was like, pick it up. Oh my God, she's right. Uh, I'm, you know, not validated and recognized by my mom. Uh, Like all of that stuff, like kind of having this slower process to being like, you know what? I don't necessarily agree with that, or I see where you're coming from, but it doesn't ultimately resonate with me has been a huge helpful part of the process. And I think this is a, like maybe a projector thing too, because I'm a non-sacral. I just pick up everyone's else's energy. My family knows at this point, if I go over to their house, cause they, we, my family all lives about 45 minutes away from each other in Austin. My family knows if I'm coming over or I'm there for multiple days, I'm taking a midday nap. They know Kendall needs alone time. She's going to go for a walk. And we're not, it used to be this like, oh, like you're such a grandma, you're such a blah, blah, blah. And my sister is really into human design now too. She's an MG. And she like, now she's like, oh no, like, trust me. I've seen her on the other side of a nap. You want her to take a nap. (laughs) You want her to be in a room by herself or read her book or listen to her little music or whatever. Like you want her to have that time because otherwise, otherwise I just get so like, prickly. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, I fucking hate it here. Like I can't, totally. I'll sit in the shower for like 30 minutes. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. I just need alone time. Cause it's my brother and my dad are generators. My mom's a manifester. My sister's an MG. So I've got all kinds of stuff around. Yeah. And yeah, I, I definitely kind of learning that I was a projector in my family dynamic made so much sense, especially in everything, kind of that dynamic with my mom. And then also like my need in a family setting, there was always this, you know, oh, the family sticks together. We all hang out together. We're a family. And I'm like, yes, I need a break. I need a break because I'm picking up all of your energy. And then when I go to bed, I'm literally wired for an hour. Like I need, I need to kind of empty out and everything. So it's been learning my, my family's human design and, and also the programming that it brought and like, ingrained into me has also helped me kind of do the work around it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think knowing the people who we live with, knowing their designs and honoring that, and also, you know, knowing to the types of designs you gel best with, I think is really important. (laughs) Like I looked around at one point and in my younger, especially in my third line years, when I was a my first 30 years of life. I feel like I'm still climbing up on the roof. I'm 34, but I'm like, I'm getting there. We're close. But (laughs) what I found is, um, I had a lot of my, my closest, closest friends were projectors Mm. because I was always getting myself into shit. And then I was like, can you please tell me what you see that I don't? And then they would tell me, and I'm like, I appreciate you guys so much. Like, thank Mm -hmm. you. So there was this natural, like projector manifester invitation thing. I actually think when projectors and manifestors understand each other, there's a lot of synergy and beauty in the relationships. Totally. And then, um, I tend to now have a ton of six twos around me, like a ton Mm. of six twos. And I think it's because as a fourth line, I love relationships and connections and the two needs, the relationships and the connections. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I've got some one threes as well around me. And I think there's a lot of depth with the the first line and that need for foundation and support. But again, I think when you look at human design from like a hexagram perspective, which I know you don't know a lot about, but basically we have numbers one through three. 
And then we have numbers four through six for the profiles. And they can give us a lot of information around the role we play as we've been talking about, but you know, one, two, and three love that they're the mirror image of four, five, and six. So you could take the four Mm. overlay it with the one, you could take the two overlay it with the five. You can take the three overlay it with the six and they're similar, but one's the lower hexagram one through three is more inward focused, whereas the upper hexagram is more outward focused. And I think mm-hmm. for you, recognizing and owning and embodying that change will always be because the three and the six are like change. Yeah. And then life is a journey that also changes, yeah. right? It's like, you don't have to judge yourself, just finding the people that honor and respect that about you and love mm-hmm. that about you. Um, And I also think that that helps a lot in general with like how we're shifting out of codependency culturally Mm -hmm. and also this idea of merging. Like if I'm in love with you, then we must be exactly alike. It's like, no, if I'm in love with you, then whether it's like I'm a friend who loves you or I'm a romantic partner who's in love with you, I need to respect the, the greatest gift of love is to be able to respect that we are similar in some ways and different in some ways and commit to creating an environment where we can both fully be and embody who we are on the deepest Mm -hmm. level. So yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Wow. We just jammed out. I feel like, um, I feel like we said all the things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, girl. I mean, I, I pretty much went into this with like, wherever we're going to go, we're going to go. We're going to go. Yeah. Thank you for letting me go into your sequence. I know we didn't do your prosperity sequence, but maybe that'll be for another time. I'll just say this really quickly is that I think it's really neat that you're um, the one of the things I want to say from earlier, that's like coming back um, up now is the idea I wrote, I was writing notes as you went. So I didn't forget. Um, I think it's easy for human beings to go from what we do well to wanting to turn it into like an agency or something. Mm. So we master something and then we're like, how can I turn it into something else? But looking at how much magnetism you have right now and knowing that your life's work, your son, your brand is meant to be all about storytelling and Mm -hmm. sharing stories. And that's your zone of genius is a really beautiful thing. Cause then it's no longer this, like your zone of genius isn't necessarily management. It doesn't mean you couldn't do it, but it's like, I'm not looking at this going like, yeah, management is all here. It's like the four, your prosperity sequence, your vocations, all about opening up people's hearts, getting mm-hmm. people to open their hearts and freaking feel something, mm. you know, Res, uh, freaking Nate's yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, there is leadership here, but it's about like your culture Okay. I guess we're going to get into it quick. Yeah. Just culture (laughs) is all about developing intimacy with the people that you work with. Right. And so the ability resonates, resonates. (laughs) Yeah. Like your ability, like you said, to get close to your clients and then be able to emulate their voice. It's like, these are the things that you get to stick to is like opening people's hearts, making them feel something, um, Mm -hmm. telling stories, being a teacher and, and a, a guide, I almost think it would be amazing instead of starting an agency, you could do whatever you want, but it, actually teaching people who are wanting to learn how to write in a really authentic way to be able well, it's to funny that you mentioned that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like writing I, classes, right? Like, yeah, I, so I actually, this is so funny. Um, I have one of the girls who is my writer 
one of the writers on staff last year messaged me and she's like, can I, could you mentor me? And because I was learning so much from you, like, can you teach me? And one thing I'm trying to shift to, and I haven't figured out the like lens for this, but I obviously storytelling and wanting to write for people, but I have this messaging that has just really taken off and it's my philosophy on marketing, but it's this idea that like you can monetize a tiny audience. I see this consistently with clients. Like I have 300 people on my email list and I consistently hit high sales from directly from my email list. And it's this kind of marketing philosophy that I think helps people be, it's, it's funny because the, the like masculine side of it is like, yeah, you make money and it's consistent and it's a marketing engine. Like when you use the infrastructure that I teach, it's an engine, it's very masculine and you know, it's, it's just every week, like clockwork, but also the feminine side of it is the people that use this. All of my, I've had like, right. I had a client make like her business previously. She was like, I don't even know how, like she, she literally told me, she was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay you the second month. Just letting you know, it's like, cool, cool, cool. Like, just like, give, give me some time, girl. We'll figure something out. And literally first month, her content goes out for me that I've written for her she sold 11 K in services in two weeks. Yeah. Like never, she's never done anything like that before. And, um, I think for me, it's this idea of like, I can take someone's magnetism and teach them the, inf- like the marketing masculine infrastructure side of it that I can show you, like you run an online business, you don't have a lot of people, you just have quality leads. Here's what to do. Like I- I've tested it freaking all at this point, here's what to do. and also being able to shift into for some people, I can build and write the infrastructural pieces that sound like you that are super authentic, that are also ethical. There's like not this, you know, sleazy feeling sales copy. It feels like you. And I think this year, and I haven't, we, I've like tested also over the weekend. I literally like had a business plan and this huge marketing plan for this, like content I wanted to do. My coach was like, let's slow down. Classic. Um, but I want to teach something about like how to elevate your ideal client, how to monetize your audience, how to leverage email marketing, like all of this stuff that the, I mean, I, I am one person, I'm not going to have an agency. I've decided like, I just want to be a solo copywriter, but kind of being in the space of like you were talking about, I don't want to have that agency. I can only realistically, like, there's only so much writing I can do every month. Like that's just, I'm going to, that's, and that's really challenging for me because I want to help as many people as possible. So that not being able to like replicate myself is really challenging, but, um, also realizing even if I can't write everything, there's tons of copywriters that can execute copy. Right. But this idea that the marketing pieces of like what's actually working and like how to do it and teaching that is like what I want to shift into this year. Mm-hmm. On top of the writing, I I had maybe gone a little bit too far over the weekend where I was like, well, we're going to do a consultancy and I'm just going to do marketing strategy, VIP days and blah, blah, blah. My coach was like, she's like, where's the ghost writing in this? I was like, God damn it. You're right. Yeah. And I'm, you know, mm-hmm. replicating the same thing, learned, got it integrating, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> classic third line. Okay. Moving on. Um, yeah. But this idea of, of like, like wanting to teach that one, because I, I believe in it, it's worked and transformed my business, but I have, I mean, great, like crazy, unreasonable. This makes no sense on paper. How did you do this style? Like miracle magnitude results for clients where I'm like, 
this isn't like a fluke. This isn't like an unpredictable thing. Now people hire me and like, it's like the, the light switch is switched on in their business. And it's mostly from again, tuning up their energy and getting their content or whatever it is that I'm writing in alignment. And there is that kind of marketing engine again, that has to be in place. But once you get the content right and the messaging, right, it's like, people are like finally listening or my favorite three. Now three of my clients had ghosted email lists that they had not emailed in like a year. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, let me write you four emails and let's see what happens. Sold out a group program within one email. We sold out two weeks, a month in advance for services from two emails. We sold three, I think three or four emails sold out five months in advance for services. I'm like, stop ghosting your email list people, but also I will tell you what to do. Yeah. (laughs) But that's kind of what I want to, want to be teaching about this year on top of the other stuff. It might be neat too, to teach people who are copywriters, how to do something like that that and actually like really maximize what they're doing for their clients as well. Totally. Yeah. I've thought about doing like a a certification because I have a a mentorship. I had a mentorship model last year. Um, I definitely want to do something like that just because again, it's like, I I see this a lot where I'm like, okay, well these copywriters, they're executing copy. They're not doing any of the like the super dialed in messaging or marketing, or it like sounds cool, but it's not, people are not having this experience of like, oh my God, you're in my head. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. like, yes, yes, yes. It's very different. And so I feel that is something I can teach. I just haven't figured out, like, I want the Candid Collective to be a place where you come for authentic and ethical marketing practices, whether that's like your copywriter was trained by us or like your business uses the infrastructure that not only I use, spoiler alert, I'm using it, but also my clients use and it works and it's simple and you can do it with a lean team. You don't have to have a huge marketing department. I've seen behind the scenes of of places that have that and they're they're leaving so much money on the table because they're not, they don't have the 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 simplified infrastructure. It's very a projector. Here, here, there's a better way to do things. That's kind of like yeah. my and my invite thing. me to show you how. Invite me to show you how. Yeah. Invite me, please. I can help you so much for the love of God. Yeah, I know. It's the, it's the thing for me, like I've tapped into recently, like I feel really good helping people make money. And that has felt weird for me. Like for a while, I was like, I'm not a com, like, I'm not a conversion copywriter. I'm a storyteller and a ghostwriter. And I had this like, I don't want to be, I don't want to attract people that are just here trying to like quick turn. Well, I want a five X investment on this thing. Like I, I didn't want that, but it feels really good working with like really amazing high caliber people and clearly seeing their gifts and incorporating it into their copy and marketing content. And that being the like secret sauce reason people just show up that again, most of the time I'm like, guys, you had a thousand people just sitting there how many, how much money has le- been left on the table yeah. for how many months? Because like, that's the thing that I'm like, more people need to do this. Like everyone's gifts are so important. Like we have to be able, like you, like it's this idea of like for you to serve, you have to sell, but there's a way to do it where it's not gross. Yeah, And like, that's kind of what I want to help people do is like, whatever your thing is, like you can be in your authenticity and sell and serve and 
here's how to do it or hire me to write it for you. And you know, that shit just happens overnight. Yeah. <laughs> Literally does. Like it's, it's so wild sometimes the results I see. And this, and I know I have to jet here in a second because I know I've kept you for like an hour and a half. Oh, you're but good. I just wanna, you're good. I, I want to close on this because I feel like this is super important. Your vocation is aligned for vocation. What you're here to do, it is sales. It's heart-centered, mm-hmm. ethical sales. Sales? Through storytelling. But it, like, look at what you're saying. You're teaching people how to do sales of some. And again, so there's so many interpretations of this. So you don't have to take it like, that's just so straight. I used to think I was so bad at sales. I really was. I've had to like do so much work around it. This is, this is just funny to me. Yeah. (laughs) But look at everything you just said. It's all heart centered sales, helping people sell. And it's through storytelling Mm -hmm. and also through the lens of being able to teach. So whether Mm -hmm. you're teaching people how to do heart-centered sales copy, or you're actually helping your people execute it because you can see the bigger vision or -hmm. whatever it may be. So again, like we don't have to take it fully, literally, like you have other ideas that aren't, it doesn't sales. Sales is not about, at least from my perspective, sales is not just being able to sell someone on something. It's a way Mm -hmm. that you speak. It's a way that you represent your brand. It's how you show up. It's like the essence of who you're being and how you're inviting people to come into your mm-hmm. world. So, yeah. Yeah. Half the time when I st- first start working with clients, I think this is also, obviously they get the content written by me, but there's so much energetic work on the back end of, I'll, I'll meet with people and they're like, oh, you know, I'm making X amount of money. And I'm like, okay, well tell me about your people you're working with right now. And they're really like, this just happened with the the client who made in two weeks, like 11 K. And she was like, well, I'm, I'm working with these people, but they're like constantly questioning my work or they're micromanaging me or, you know, whatever else I'm like, okay, well, what's the energetics of the next era of like elevated ideal client? Cause like, that's great. They're paying you amazing, helpful. What, what do you really want to be working on? Who, like, who, who is that person? And there's like such this for, for, and it's just, it's the slightest shift, but it's how you show up and it's what you're attracting in of like, no, I'm worth clients that pay me on time or like clients that appreciate my work or clients that trust me to be the expert, like whatever the thing is. And I find like, sometimes it's even as simple as a conversation of me just being like, okay, I hear you here. And also grateful for the experience. Thank you for being here, but also new era. This is what we want. And that I find is the, especially for founders, like feeling confident and like not feeling like you have to earn those like red flag like, like really muck through it. And then you finally get like the, like, I'll, I'll have clients that are like, well, I have like some ideal clients right now. And I'm like, great. You've already attracted them in. So it's already possible. So where's we're the just, next ones? Yeah, yeah. Where's the next ones? Right. Like yeah. it's, it's just this, it, that for me is the fun, like the energetics work kind of piece of it where I can clearly see like, okay, well, this is what the gap is. Or like, this is why this is happening. And just even sometimes just like, I feel like people walk away and they're like, oh yeah, you're right. And then it, they start seeing the shifts instantly because it shows up in the content that they're writing or when they're in person at a networking event or on stories or whatever else, like it, it resonates so quickly. Just like, it's almost like reminding people of who you are yeah, or who they are and also what they're capable of. Like 
and, and what that looks like in an actual person. Like, I think some people, it's the clarity piece of being like, no, this is who they are. Mm -hmm. This is what they do. This is how they buy. This is why you are the like no person. person. Yeah. Like the, and the differentiator. And it's something, there was a time in February when I, like, before I tweaked my messaging, I didn't call myself a ghostwriter before February, by the way, this was like very new messaging. I was testing and I had this epiphany where I was like, well, and I felt like shit one day. I was like, there's so many, and I was talking to my coach about this. I was like, well, there's a lot of copywriters and anybody can write copy technically. Like it's just a formula. Like even people who aren't writers can write copy. So like, like again, what's my purpose here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, and it, it's around the time I had an inquiry for someone to hopefully let me write their business memoir. I was like, oh, I'm a ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. And most people are not doing that. And most people are not consulting on C like I, I will call like, especially in, in Slack or in a kickoff call with a client, I will tell you, even in, I've lost, not lost sales, but I've like decided to like, not take on a client because they weren't ready to hire me. Cause I'll say your offers, like this offer suite will not work. Or like, I will, I will say, I will do the mar- marketing consulting of like, this is what's going on. And I, and because I know at this point I can clearly see like, yeah, this people are going to buy this. People aren't going to buy this. I can clearly, and I think a sense of smell is my cognition and human design. So I can clearly like sniff out like, okay, this is not, this is going to have to change. But I think that's the thing also for like, for helping people figure out like even what to sell or if like they need to revamp something that is also kind of what I love to do too. Anyway, sales sales and also being a third line is that idea that the gift is you can bring to your clients the beauty of impermanence and just saying it's okay to change right it's okay to totally shift client like again we start to see the utility in all of this like it's Mm -hmm. not just you know whatever it's there's utility in your your experience and how you can serve people with it so yeah it's helpful be being like you know, I had this happen with two clients before their massive results that just happened this past month, where I was like, I was like, I can clearly see you're where I was in November of last year. Yeah. And they're like, I'm so scared. I'm just trusting. I'm doing it scared. I'm like, I know it's hard. And I, I told him, I was like, I would expect two months to three months because you have a ghosted email list. This is a literal like question mark. We have no idea who is even on here. We have no idea who's looking classic two weeks. But you just, I, and I tell my clients like this email is a slow game. Like this may not work. And having clients who are like, I'm so scared. You know, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm like, I hear you. I've literally been there like within the last six month cycle. Also the, and I'll tell them the biggest thing you can do, do the work on the back end, start doing meditation, start doing EFT, like work on that, like your energy, the rest will come. I'll do my job. But yeah. you, you also have to like, you have to be willing to show up differently. And I think yeah. it, that's what I love about what I do as well. Is like, I can, there's so many times, again, I've usually experienced it first and then I can guide people through it where I'm like, okay, well, like I had a client who's like, well, this client is signing off. Like, I'm so scared. I'm like, good. Like there, if it's not aligned anymore, like that's a good thing because it just means the next person is going to be even more aligned. Like, even though it feels weird. And yep. of course, it always Kindle, happens. You, Kindle, you were right. It's like I have I lived know. the I have lived the energetic uh, discourse of this experience many yeah. a time. I know I I live this 
every week, pretty much. Amen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tell the good this. people where they can find you. You can find me. Easiest place is Instagram at Candid Collective Co. If anything resonated with you today, if you have questions, I'm super open about like sharing numbers or like my experience. So if you're like going through this right now, feel free to DM me. Um, I am also taking on, I have a very small capacity and I'm st- I have no idea what that's going to look like. Um, I'm currently booked out through May. I have two spots for June and then, yeah, we're just going to see what happens. <laughs> I don't, I, that's the only part of this so challenging about this is I'm like, I don't know what my capacity looks like because I want to, I want to help more people. So I'm, st- I'm actively solving that. But if you do have like writing needs. I do monthly content. Um, if you look on my Instagram profile, I do this kind of style of writing that is, um, it's salesy, but it's especially the carousels on my page. You can kind of get a taste for it, but it sells services, but in a way that's not like gross. Um, so you can see kind of my short form sales copywriting style on my Instagram page. Again, it's at candid collective co, but I also do website copy. If you need a business memoir, I'm your girl. Um, I do all of that kind of stuff, or I also do kind of strategy and consulting. So I have a couple offers there. I can write your podcast pitch template. I can just do a quick audit of your business and tell you, you basically get a report card and I'll tell you like red, yellow, green, here's what to fix. Here's what to work on. Um, I also do VIP days and brand messaging guides and that kind of thing. So, um, I can write it all. That's the other thing that's like challenging is like, I could literally have written everything at this point. So I can kind of fit in wherever you, you need or whatever your team structure looks like, but that is where to find me. Um, yeah. Instagram. We'll link it below. We'll link it below. Great. Amazing. Thank you for being here. Thanks Thanks for letting me self self project. I love it. I think people probably learned a lot today and I hope that people gained wisdom into themselves as well through today's podcast. So thank you for being here. Everybody out there listening. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see y'all back here on the next episode of the podcast. Bye guys. See you soon. Hey, hey, thanks so much for being here and listening to this episode of the Waking Up With Jess podcast. If you liked today's episode, I'm going to ask you to do one of three things. Number one, leave a rating. Number two, leave a review. And number three, if you think it could help a friend out in need, go ahead and send it to them. I greatly appreciate your support when you rate the podcast or leave a review. It helps other awesome and amazing listeners such as yourself find the podcast. And I love people and I love friends and I love people's friends. So being able to spread the love through your network is another really great way to support people and to support the show. All right, y'all make it a great day. And I will see you back here on the next episode of the Waking Up With Jess podcast.